Hello again, and welcome to the Borderline Genius Podcast. My name is Chet Sandberg. And I'm Nora McKinney. I'm a nurse who doesn't want to be a nurse anymore. And I'm a researcher who doesn't want to be in academia anymore. So what do we want to be? I always wanted to be a baker. Don't listen to her. She's a writer. Okay, we're writers, and Borderline Genius is a podcast for writers. Because the world needs another one of those. But this one's different. It's Borderline Genius because he's borderline. And she's a genius. I'm not really a genius. Whatever. Join us as we discuss what we love and hate about writing, writers, writing community, and everything else. It's Borderline Genius. the Borderline Genius podcast. Um, today's uh, subject is the misuse of editing advice. And I have to warn you people, we are grumpy <laughs> today. I'm grumpy yes. at least. I'll do my best. For personal reasons. My mm. shiny personality is never grumpy, so I'll have to, I'll have to, I'll have to <laughs> act. Chet is grumpy. <laughs> Chet is I'm grumpy. Not, I, I guarantee you that. You are. <laughs> I'm like half the seven dwarves, but I, I don't even know. I, was, I don't think grumpy is one of them. Mm. Anyway, I'm drinking, so um, I put a lot, lots of rum in, rum in this cocktail, so um, <laughs> maybe as we you know, continue the recording, maybe it will get better. <laughs> better? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> well, not the cocktail, my grumpiness. We definitely want to talk about um, the misuse of editing advice, because um, mm. it's something that we see a lot, I think, with... Uh, all yeah. sorts of writers, actually. Uh, you, 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 there are a few chestnuts that get put down through the years that people latch onto, and they um, they don't really know what it means, or they overuse it, or they use it in such a way that they end up, yeah, they end up destroying sense. some other aspect of their prose, yeah, basically, or their storytelling, you know. Hmm. So, I think. The one that mm-hmm. I, I know you rant about all the time is the elimination. I, and I disagree with you on a lot of this, actually, because I think you want to add more of it than it's necessary. But I have seen incidents where people completely eliminate past perfect and then you can't tell what time something is happening. Mm-hmm. And that's yours. Exactly. This is what I'm talking about. So many people misuse past perfect. Yes. We know that. This is how the advice came, right? Because... Uh, be, you know, editors have observed that uh, writers misuse, um, overuse past perfect. So the advice is don't overuse past perfect. And some people take this to mean don't use any past perfect ever and just, you know, replace every instance of, instance of past perfect with simple past. And I see it more and more because people take the advice um, more and more serious, seriously today. Well, and they and, don't get it um, edited. To, they don't yeah. get it corrected with editing. Yeah, exactly. And it annoys me a lot. And, uh, you know, in one of those episodes we did with mm-hmm. Dario, was yeah, I it? So. I, I talked about that example where somebody wrote, I woke up in the morning feeling uh, refreshed. They fed my horse yeah. in the night. And he meant the yeah. night before. So he should have used past perfect there because he's already in the morning. And this is the kind of thing that annoys me a lot. Like, how am I supposed to know which night? You have to give me, you know, you have to use tenses when it's appropriate. Yeah, maybe it's not appropriate to use past perfect in another mm-hmm. instance, but in this case, it is appropriate and even necessary so that I don't don't get confused. Well, yeah, that's because that's because the the main tense there was. Um, uh, I don't know if you used first person or third person, but you used past tense as the main tense, and so you need a yeah. further past. Mm-hmm. You need a further past tense in order to show that it happened previous to when we're talking. Because if you, otherwise, if you use the past tense, everything that's happening in the story is happening in past tense. And so, when like you said, when they said they fed my horse in the night, you're like, how do we skip to the next night already? Like, like I woke yeah. up and now it's the that's night. Exactly yeah, yeah, what, yeah. And that's exactly what I mean. I, I, I don't doubt that uh, people misuse past perfect too. But this is a trend that I've been seeing more and more um, in the past couple of. And you and you've been reading months. a lot more of the uh, uh, a lot more. I've been reading a lot of indie, so people take this advice seriously and they take it too seriously sometimes. Sometimes it's ambiguous, yeah? You could go with both tenses. Um, But sometimes it's not. Yeah, uh, I think the general rule that I like to, um, that my editor told me about with this one was to use the past perfect for the first instance to tell that it happened prior to what, to the current past. So if Mm. you're using past tense and you want to talk Mm. about something that happened prior to that, you use past perfect for the first one or two times, yeah. but 
But then after that, you can revert to past tense until yeah. you then switch times again. So you think of the past perfect as like a um, uh, as a uh, time switch, and you don't have to keep using it. But it, yeah, uh, one exactly. or two times, it will be mm -hmm. more than enough to to let the reader know that this happened prior to to the current past moment. Yeah, and sometimes you have to use your feeling as well, right? Sometimes you actually need to use it maybe twice, mm -hmm. or maybe use it once. And then continue in past and then tense more. and then yeah. re-establish. Just yeah, as a reminder. It, it happens, you know. You just have to let... Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. You just have to let the text, you know, speak to you and... and the reason that people get the need. advice to... Be, the reason that they, they got the advice to begin with is because um, for a lot of new writers, it's very... It's, it's common to use the past perfect over and over and over and over again. And, uh, and it gets tiresome if you keep using the past perfect, the had... Yeah watched yeah. or they'd yeah and i have and i have seen that i've seen uh writers use the past perfect where they actually need simple mm -hmm. past and that confuses me right. too but this is not a misuse of editing advice, that's so true no 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 i just wanted to show where it yeah. came from yeah. yeah yeah and then we wanted to buy so yeah, we both wanted to talk about this one because we saw this we saw this a while back on mm -hmm. twitter but oh my god this drives me yeah. crazy and i know that la i mean yeah. look language has evolved already in this direction so mm -hmm. okay point two mm -hmm. the elimination of passive voice by just making the transitive verb intransitive i hate yeah. that like we had this example a couple of weeks mm -hmm. back that somebody didn't want to say something was baked so they said something baked and my reaction was okay what did it bake um yeah. <laughs> because bake needs an yeah. object yeah. right so you cannot eliminate passive voice by just removing the the was or the is. yeah and let's let's say that like, like even if it was um even if that wouldn't have been an intransitive or it wouldn't have been a uh, transitive verb um even if you wouldn't have made the even if it would if you wouldn't have to worry about it even if that verb would have been something that you could have used either way you've still completely and utterly yeah. changed the meaning of what you're saying so like mm -hmm. if you if you there's no if something was baked you have to have it being baked it's not necessarily passive as long as you make the active member like the active um so a lot of times you see this in journalism where you don't know who the actor is and so you say a crime a crime mm -hmm. was committed right mm-hmm so a lot of times the solution for this isn't just isn't to just get rid of the was because that would completely change. Then you'll say that like um, um, the stone was baking, like like the stone was baked, or you say the stone baked. You've completely changed what that means in a way that you don't want to. What you really want to do is add a an active subject. Yeah, actor. add an actor, yeah. so that mm -hmm. you don't have. That's how you get rid of the passive. You either add an actor that isn't present, or you you know somehow reconstruct it. But in this case by making this the object the subject that didn't fix it because that's kind of what they did they made mm -hmm. what was supposed to be the object of an active verb the subject of a completely different uh with a completely different meaning mm -hmm. so yeah and so you can't just get rid of you can't just get rid of was and to fix these problems you have to actually reconstruct the sentence i think that's the big thing mm. Mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. too yeah and I want to talk about something that just came up too, because this just came up for me on Twitter with the idea of what passive voice is. And a lot of people don't understand what passive voice is at all. And they misuse yeah. the term. I've had editors misuse the term. And there's a difference between a passive character mm -hmm. and passive voice. Passive voice is strictly a grammar yeah. term that always has to do with the, what voice the verb is in. Meaning, mm -hmm. is it, what, is the subject being acted upon or is the subject acting upon? So, um, in the within the sentence, not within the story. So, like, uh, you know, like you said, um, uh, let's try to think of a good way to do this. I'm trying to think of if you can, you know, the rule is if you can always say "by zombies" at the end, then you know it's passive voice. Yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> well, I was thinking of like um, a crime was committed or mistakes were made. Mistakes were made yeah. is passive. Yeah. Mistakes were made. We yeah. don't know who the actor is in this case. Yes. Um, mistakes were made, and so instead you say he made mistakes or she made mistakes that you have to, you just change it. Mm -hmm. So passive yep. voice means that, mm -hmm. uh, mistakes were made. The, the, 
you've got this weird construction where um, you've usually got a B verb and you've got a subject being acted yeah. upon. And so instead of having an active subject. Um, but what people are talking about with passive voice, sometimes when they level it, is when they think, <clears throat> so sometimes when you cut your filtering, I see this confusion a lot. When you stop filtering everything through, uh, like stop filtering your action through uh, the POV character, he heard a shot or um, mm -hmm. something like that, and you change it to a shot rang out, you're going to have a yeah. lot of objects that are action that are actors within sentences that aren't the are, that aren't the POV character. Yeah. That and that's totally mm -hmm. okay. That's not that doesn't even necessarily mean that yeah. your POV character is is not active. But if you have if you compare yeah. that to a sentence or to a writer that uses a lot of filtering, it can seem like you have a very active character because you're at, all the action is coming through the character. But the problem is, of course, with filtering is every time you do that, you remind somebody that they aren't the character. So a lot of times I've had people who don't understand what filtering is and why to eliminate it, who will say that when you yeah. eliminate filtering, mm. you've, you've created a passive voice, which you haven't, because that's a grammar term. It's not true. So a, sh a shot rung out is not passive voice. To get rid of your filtering or to have um, other yeah. subjects as actors of sentences happening in the, in the proximity of the character is not the same thing as having a passive character either. But that's what they're talking about. They think, they think that that means since not everything's going through your character, that you're, that character is not actively engaged in the scene. Which is not what you're doing. What you're actually doing is getting rid of the awareness of, oh, yeah, you're getting rid of yep. the awareness of the POV character with the assumption that the, that the reader has assumed the part of the POV character. So you don't have to keep pointing it yes, out. Yes, because, mm -hmm. because, you know, when you're in somebody's POV, it is to be understood that this person is experiencing mm -hmm. this, right? You don't need to always reinforce it by he felt he saw yeah. he but when you get rid of it because you don't have that me. because you don't have that character acting on things seeming to act on things mm. because you have things happening mm. um outside of the uh involvement of the character uh in a syntactic way meaning like when you say a shot rang out you're not conjuring the character right you're not saying he heard it she heard it he or she is not mm. said to be there because they're implied to be there. You're creating a space for the reader to enter into the, the point of view of the character. And so because you're doing that syntactically, uh, a lot of uh, uh, newer writers will think, oh, I don't have an active character. You do. Your active character is always just Im implied. Yeah, it's implied there. And so you don't have to have them be yeah. uh, in charge of the, of the filtering. You mm. don't have to filter everything through the active character in order for the, active, the character to be active. It's a very different thing. But sometimes people say passive voice when they, what they mean is, I, I think that you're, I don't understand why your character isn't having all the action filtered through them, which is a total, it's still a totally yeah. different thing. And even the criticism were it true would be, yeah, it's different. even if the criticism were true, it'd be a criticism of a passive character. A passive character, of course, is somebody, a character that has all, that has actions, um, that isn't interacting with the scene meaningfully and isn't having, um, uh, an effect on the scene and that's what they mean when they say passive voice and that's which is again mean, a whole yeah. and you know you can google it mm -hmm. right you google yeah, like yeah. passive voices it's 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 a strictly defined grammatical thing so I, I grew up in greece and we had lots and lots and lots of grammar from third grade all the way to the end of the lyceum um so all these things were drilled into us i don't know how grammar is in um, in mm -hmm. the u.s or in england or in australia or whatever but we had so much grammar like <laughs> every day for years and years that these things have been you know drilled into us mm. i think to me it's very understandable what, what yeah. passive voice is but but it's um, just it's misused so often that if you were only if you only learned it through yeah. inference you might see it misused and then think that's what that means mm. yeah. exactly uh good let's go to point three i don't know if this if <clears throat> this problem uh, if this problem source is the misuse of editing advice. But what I see very often is people shortening sentences by replacing commas mm -hmm. by periods. And then they, they have still have the conjunction. ING modifier. They still have the and. Yes, they have ING, the, the ING modifiers. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't mind the conjunction yeah. because the conjunction um, introduces um, yeah, primary yeah. clause. But they have ING modifiers, yeah. which are not uh, clauses that can stand on right. sentences. And they have the ING modifiers. Yeah. As yeah. a sentence, which yeah. annoys me yeah, a, I lot. See it a lot. Too. I don't know if this. Um, I don't know if this comes from the misuse of an, of the advice that you should keep certain s sentences 
shortened to the it, point. Possibly. But I could, I could see that it could be like that. Yeah, but it is like, a persistent problem where people don't understand that just because it is an IMG verb that's working as a, especially in an adverbial phrase. They're very, they're very confusing. If you have an adverbial phrase or a, a, a phrase that's acting on as a descriptor of something else, you have to have that, yeah. that, that ING, you know, like, um, you know, uh, walking up the hill, he stumbled, right? You can't have walking up the hill. That's not a sentence. That has to describe. Yes, people yeah. do that. They say mm. he stumbled, period, walking up the hill. Mm. Like this is, I see this all the time. And I read, I just yeah, yeah. read a book that had lots and lots and lots of five star yeah. reviews. And half the book was yeah. this. This perplexing um, syntax, yeah. This. Yeah. I know, it oh. is perplexing. And you can do that. If you're in interiority, if you have a very mm. literary text, you can, you can do it, you know, mm. once in a while. But not in every second sentence. Yeah. That's the point, right? You can do these things. You can, you can, you know, abuse the rules a little bit if you're going for yeah, but to a purpose, um, yeah, literary and, but it has to be done with and as care, a choice, right? Yeah. You cannot just, yeah, you cannot use every, you, you cannot make every second sentence like that. It, the the text becomes so choppy and not understandable in the end. It's just, uh, yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> I think I mean I when I when I started really reading um, these books I I didn't know anything about editing and I think I was you still, still intuitively understand that that doesn't write yeah. annoyed by these things and I didn't understand why people used fragments as yeah. sentences and now people tell me when I complain oh you know but you're a writer you're an editor readers don't oh, see those yeah. but oh, I yeah. did I did see those things as, as a reader of course like what do you think. <laughs> Is, what is the assumption here that readers don't know what yeah. a sentence is? I think readers do know what a sentence. I mean, they might not mind as much as I mind, but I do think readers know what a sentence is. My husband is not a literature buff. He he hates grammar. He doesn't know his his own language's grammar. Like when my daughter has questions um, for her homework, she comes to me because I know German grammar better than than my husband knows German grammar because he never paid attention and he never liked it. But still, when he reads, when I give him, you know, books to read, indie books, he's like, huh, what is that? This is weird. He, can, he doesn't say this is a, this is a yeah. sentence fragment and it yeah. should be there. He says, this is weird. Why do people write like that? So I do think if, if he can see it, I think that, you know, most people can see it, right? I don't think that it's my, my yeah, yeah. writer's or editor's, editor's brain. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But people say I'm wrong. No, I, I think know. you're right. But of course, I'm an editor, so I'm automatically disqualified, mm. I guess. I don't know by that way. But like, no, readers do. Readers yeah, do see is, that. Now, is... I, I will say readers are less likely to see or, or locate filtering and see why it's a problem. But I, but yes, they will, exactly. but they will yeah. still get a better, more immersive read through the text if you get rid of it. Experience, they just yeah. can't tell mm -hmm. you why. But some, but a reader will, even if they can't, yeah. if even if they can't tell you why. If you have weird clauses as sentences. You know what I mean? Like that. Mm. Yeah. Will they? Do you think? Because that book had so yeah, many five-star you know reviews in, that I started you know wondering. I mean, that's that's. And it was a really yeah, good yeah. book. I don't want to say like. But it'd be better if it was if the sentences made it were constructed correctly. It would be an yeah. amazing book. I just cannot, I cannot have my sentences stopped, yeah. all the time by a period where it doesn't belong. It's it's just frustrating yeah. me. You know, I just need to read the whole sentence. <laughs> yeah. Now the next point I wrote is the elimination of that, and you yeah. wrote that most people overuse that. So this yeah. is where I had a question for you. So what, what, does, what does this mean to overuse that? It's just because a that that isn't there. Is it like a grammatic, is it like grammatically wrong no, to use that in wrong. some instances? Or is it just not elegant? It's inelegant, yeah. That's what not I mean, wrong. Because, because the overuse of past perfect, people use past perfect where, when it's grammatically wrong, mm, actually. I don't know if it would be. I, but I don't I, think that this happens, it happens. I oh, I, happens. you can, but I'm just saying sometimes they overuse it just to keep reminding you when stylistically that's an elegance thing. Yeah, yeah. okay, I understand. But can you really use that in an instance where it's really grammatically no, wrong? No, it's, it's not it's grammatically possible? wrong. It's a style choice. It's a line and style thing. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. So, I, 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 so, like I said, I still think it's an error, but, um, but it's a style error in that mm. it creates a choppier, more mm. confusing... Um, more it's just it's just it's more to wade through it's a word that doesn't really have to be there that gets in it's a glue word like well it's not technically a glue word but it's it's a word that is is meaningless that just is in between the words that are meaningful in the sentence that you don't need so what 
what happens to me sometimes is that that is eliminated to to the extent that I have to go back and read the sentence. To yeah, say yeah, I've seen it. The, I've seen it. Miss. What what's the subject? Like the sentence is correct, but then I need the that there to give me, you know, to 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 show me where I am in um, in the flow yeah. of the sentence. So I do like to have that often, maybe not all the time, but. Um, just removing it from well, you can't altogether. remove it. You can't remove all of it because sometimes you. There are times when you absolutely do need it, but like those times are are much more rare than you would think. So I tend to remove it when I can. Yeah. Next point: substituting names for pronouns in sentences. Yeah. So some people say that they will make a text better if they substitute um, names for pronouns. So you have a, a sentence structure like. He went there, he did that, he had breakfast, and then he yeah. went home. And they will modify it into, he went there, John did that, he had breakfast, then yeah. John went home. And they think this breaks the effect of using the pronoun. And this is wrong because you didn't change anything. Your sentence structure is exactly yeah. the and same. And that was the problem. That was the problem too. That's, so what the thing there is that, especially stuff like Grammarly and Hemingway will very, are very good at pointing out when you have two or three sentences starting exactly the same way. And that is yeah. a, that's a good key to, that's a good key to find out like what the real problem is. But the thing is the, the point isn't, the point isn't just that you're starting the sentence with the say with a pronoun over and over and over again. The problem is that you're starting the sentence with subject object or I mean a uh, subject verbed subject verbed subject verbed. The problem is you're not you're not varying sentence length and sentence structure. You have to vary both sentence length and yeah. sentence structure for a, for a text to flow yeah. nicely. And that's the big that's the big thing. And that's just and just substituting a proper name for a pronoun isn't going to do that because you still have I mean, he is just substituting for the proper yep. name anyway. You're just ha you're having subject verbed, subject verbed, then subject verbed, then subject verbed, and that just gets boring to read exactly. as a structure over and over and over again. If you don't have a descriptive yep. clause somewhere in there, like that's starting a sentence or an adverbial phrase or something like yes. that, just to start in a different way than the or bury the subject further into the sentence, like I said, by putting one of the clauses that might come after, put it in the front, just so mm -hmm. that you you have a break between sentences that start with subject because that's obviously the most natural way to, to to like the most utilitarian way to use sentences to have subject in english is to have subject verbed mm -hmm. i mean that's just the most simple structure mm -hmm. so it, that's going to be the one that's the hardest to break and that's the one that's going to show up with pronouns and yeah, yeah. and verbs so again, just just putting proper names instead of um, pronouns there is not yeah. saving the situation. That's that's yeah, the point yeah, I was yeah. trying to make, and it's I'm that's absolutely true. certain about that. Yeah, I had this problem too, though. Yeah, so I know. yeah, you yeah, had this because I was still learning. Organ, yeah. I know. I pointed mm -hmm. it out. <laughs> I pointed it out yeah. uh, a couple of times. Yeah. So the the next thing is if you vary your sentence length and structure, thus giving your text. Um, you know, um, color, you know, you don't need to use names 200 mm -hmm. times per page. You can very well use pronouns and, descriptive, yeah. and use names just once in a while. Yeah. And descriptive mm -hmm. phrases of your characters. Mm -hmm. And I see this very often, even in famous author, let's not say his name again, shall we? Oh, which one? <laughs> who's author? I'm trying to think of which one you're talking about. Well, you know, uh, you who am I talking the, about? The, that author, oh, the fantasy always. author? Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I got you. <laughs> I, Always. Poor guy. Because poor I was disappointed, you know. <laughs> poor guy. Ah, oh, poor guy has sold 17 million <laughs> books. Poor guy. <laughs> He's not a poor guy. Come on. Um, anyway, you, you don't need that. You don't need to repeat names if your text has this kind of structure. If it's if the sentence length and uh, structure is varied, if you use different kinds of sentences, you can use pronouns. Pronouns are more invisible than especially than if names. you only have if you only if you have if you have like two characters of different genders it's much easier to if you have multiple characters multiple characters every now and again you're gonna yeah. have to sprinkle in names or descriptions like you yes, know the tall woman to. or you know the the you yeah. know the dark-haired man or like the or profession you know the baker or whatever i agree as long as it's not too obvious what you're doing well, if you have a scene with six people, I, I get confused, right? I prefer scenes with, with fewer yeah. people in them. 
Uh, but this is my personal preference. This is mm -hmm. not editing advice. You can you can write as far as I'm concerned scenes with as many people as you want. Yeah. But I tend to get confused even if names are uh, mentioned. I I prefer and where it really shows up, you know, smaller parts. Of and the where it really scene. shows up is when mm. you have like if you have two characters of different gender, then you really don't mm. need it hardly at all. You'll need it every now and again just to remember, yeah. just just to remind the the person who the who the people are, yeah. but not not in a big way. I mean, if it's necessary, yeah. put the name. It's fine, you know. So now we come to um, number seven. Yeah. Oh, show is, don't tell. Which is misunderstanding of yeah. show don't tell. Yeah. So chat, I, I see show don't tell a lot and I think uh -huh. I understand what it means, but you as an editor can explain it to me hopefully yeah. very well. So, well, so I'll show, the show don't tell in the original, like what it really means is, boy, I tell you what, the best place to show this is to, to, to demonstrate this is adverb tags. Or I mean, not ever, I mean, sorry, not adverb tags, mm -hmm. uh, di dialogue tags. So yes. if you have an adverb in a dialogue tag, it's a big hint that you're telling and not showing. And and sometimes you're telling yes. even though you did show, which is a bummer because that's the worst. That's the most. That's the that's the most annoying habit is when you've shown them quite clearly, like the dialogue. Yes. Clear. Get out of here, he said. Yeah, exactly. Angrily. It's like it's in it's in the. It's in there. You don't or need to say if angry. You, if you really it's need to reinforce sentence. it, show him doing something that shows anger. Don't. Tell us he was angry. Because what the problem with that is... It's, yeah. He banged his hand on the table. Get yeah. out of here. Yeah, because um, it's very nonspecific to say angrily. I mean, it has all these different shades and stuff. It doesn't really... It doesn't give you... It gives you information, but not, not as much as you need in order to put the scene in your head, you know? So, but the way that people miss you show, don't tell, is also that um, there's, there's another way. And that is that... And, and God forbid if you've read a book like this or had to, like, you know, try to tell somebody. I read a book once at a critique group where it was 7,500 words of somebody's telling us they did this, they do that, they did this, they did this, they did this, they do that. Not like in a way that was a summarizing. So basically it was, it was, it was 7,500 words of giving all the information about what happened, but not putting an active character in a scene, not saying, not, not getting us close mm -hmm. to a character at all. So like a description, right? Like, like, like a, a report. report. Yeah, exactly. So, you, you know, you're reporting on what happened, but you're that. not, that's yeah. not, that's not a, that's not, you know, he was her aunt and then he did this and then they did that. Showing means um, putting us in the viewpoint of a character. Um, even if you mm -hmm. do an omniscient, you're, 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 you're just varying who you're doing it with, but you need to put us in the role of somebody being active in a story. And if you don't, then you're telling. But the thing is, if you try to do that for everything, you know, you don't need to have every little bit of detail for pedestrian things. You don't need to, don't be afraid yeah. to time jump. You know what I mean? If they're, if they're going towards, if they're going towards a village you, and, and, and you end a chapter where somebody's walking towards, you know, they're, they're on a trek and they're, they're close to a village. You can start the next, you can start the next chapter with just a little summary of how they, how they entered the village in past perfect even, and then mm -hmm. get on with it. You don't, but you didn't have to, you don't have to describe every little bit of, of boring shit that happens that isn't part of the story that doesn't no. really, that doesn't really, you, if the, if the reader needs to know it, you can tell them that. And sometimes you'll be a lot better off just telling them you know, overnight this mm -hmm. happened or, or in the lead up to this, this happened. You can tell it like a report just briefly to get, just cause the, the reader needs the information so that you can tell the, so that you can get them in a story. So when people say show, don't tell, there's a way to over show. And that's to, you don't want everything shown because if everything's shown, perfect example of this is there was a writer I knew that was writing about, um, bureaucracy, right. And mm -hmm. every single meeting was drawn out just like a meeting would be with all of the detail, but all of the, you know, just to show. And the first time it was great because it showed how boring this was, which it's, it was in a context where it should not mm. have been, where we're like, not, it shouldn't have been where it's funny that it was boring because it was in, in a supernatural context. But then mm -hmm. every new meeting, they did the same thing. They showed it in detail. And I'm like, you don't need to keep showing us that meetings are boring. Okay. You showed us the first time that meetings are boring. Now you can. Is it, is this the an example of showing not telling, or is it just an example of you know bad developmental? No, because well, it, but that's what I'm saying. But, you know, but because... that's what I'm saying is you can take the advice that says mm -hmm. show don't tell and think that it's not okay to tell a summary to, to not, not 
to not to not show yeah, everything, you don't, right? So you, so some people need to show. Yeah, everything. some people will think that show show don't tell means once they find out what that means, once they figured out what that means, then they'll think they need to show absolutely everything when you really don't mm. need to show everything. You can mm. summarize in places. No, the idea is not to show everything. The idea is just not to not let the whole know, thing be a report. Um, it's, the the idea is to to put your reader in the scene uh-huh. by showing them so they can put themselves in there right. and not to tell them report like that that's the idea right because i i also omit stuff yeah. in when i write i omit events because i don't need to tell them and i just give a general feeling of how mm-hmm. the event was yeah. and then i go on with my narration and there are some gaps and it's absolutely yeah fine you tell them but you tell them the event fine, happened right? And you might tell them something of that happened in the event if they need to have that information, yeah. but you don't have to go through the whole thing showing them. Exactly. Yeah. That's mm. what I'm saying. Do you know another thing, another thing where I, I think this applies to another instance? Uh-huh. Um, I'm not sure. Tell me if I'm wrong. Um, when you are really in interiority, remember that scene I, I showed where, where a small child was saying it yeah. hurts, it hurts. Yeah. And somebody told me, this is showing, not telling. But you, when you're really in the action s- scene, like in the middle of the action scene, and you're just, you know, you're just mm-hmm. showing the reader what happened mm-hmm. through your main character's thoughts because you're in their mm-hmm. head and, and very, very strongly. Uh, I find a little bit showing to be very effective sometimes. Uh, a little bit telling, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I find a little bit of telling to be effective. Well, a lot, a lot like, of interiority is telling. You know, so a lot of interiority is is telling. Yes. And, and it has to be. If it's interior, it kind of has to be. You can't really show that from outside. You have to tell it from inside. And that's where really good, you, you, you just have to. I mean, it's difficult. So like, you know, we were talking about if somebody's angry, you can show them being angry. But that's an external. That's you seeing somebody else do it, right? Or... That's that's like a that's like yeah, a whatever, exactly. and that's fine. Mm-hmm. You can do that in the context of that. But if you're thinking about like, you know, if you're if you're musing about how this is similar to something that happened previously, you have to tell what happened previously, and um, yeah. you have to find a way to do it elegantly and in an engaging way so that it doesn't come across like a report. But yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Inter- most interior just. So this happened to me when I was doing mm-hmm. a better read, right? So. Um, this person, who is a great writer, um, was in the middle of a very intense action scene. And they just tried, in the middle of the very fast and intense action scene, to show what the character was feeling. Yeah. And this stopped the flow yeah. a little bit. So my comment there was, this stops the flow of your very fast and action scene which has lots of interiority so in order to save the interiority and make the reader feel it you have to show less and that is true sometimes yeah and one has to be able to distinguish between when to show and when to actually not show because it actually stunts the flow of the text yeah agree I think we talked about yeah, point eight. Yeah, I, brought, I put so, it into somewhere else. So let's go oh to point Christ. nine. But this is yeah. yours because I don't understand yeah, this. Oh boy. So you know, Dario and I both agree that Hemingway <laughs> has destroyed so much good language. Just be just because not everybody's going to be good, as good at it as Hemingway is. I don't like Hemingway. I don't like spare sparse. Yeah. But but. You, and you should not imitate Hemingway. Right, you should right. be you, right? That's, that's well. Even Hemingway didn't start out. That, it's funny if you read his. If you if you can, there's cop, there's cop, copies of like his early stuff. That's not that wasn't his natural style. He took that was an affectation that he took on, along with the macho. A lot with oh, along right. with the okay, macho. Didn't know that. He used to tell people that you know, he used to give writing advice. He says you should type standing up so that the power of your groin gets into the into the like. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, he used to fuck with people. He used to fuck with people all of the time. He was really a prankster. Well, I mean, he was a depressive. You know, he had to get his fun somewhere. But like, you know, but he that he didn't. That's that wasn't. He had to affect that style. And the thing is, by being conscious of it and really affecting the style, he did some cool stuff with it. But not everybody's Hemingway, first of all. And secondly, God, you know, it's these short, punctuated sentences with no commas. Um. Hmm. That can be dreadful um, if if mm. that's all that there is. So for the love of God, mm. learn how to how to write a, a compound sentence that can be followed, and don't mm. and don't you don't have to break up every sentence into three parts or two parts. You know, I spend yeah. as much time in my mm. editing um, 
combining sent combining sh- like um, short punctuated sentences. You know, I've got I've got a writer that likes to start mm. every paragraph with a sh- brief statement of fact, and then, you know, so it's it's five or six sentence, five or six word sentence, and then five or six word sentence, and then maybe we get some longer ones, and it's just really repetitive. So sometimes I'll. I'll turn his five or six word sentences into 12 or 15 word sentences in order to try to try to, you know, compound sentences. So compound sentences, there's nothing wrong with them. I mean, you don't need to, you don't need to cut everything. And editors will oftentimes, probably I think the reason this happens is because when you first get editing or critique, one of the first things that happens is you'll find out how confusing your current yeah. compound sentences are. You might have those weird fragments you know that don't. Oh, you might have misplaced modifiers too. And so the, sometimes the easiest way to fix a misplaced modifier is to just make the misplaced phrase the part of the sentence it, it truly belongs in. Because sometimes it refers to a subject of a previous sentence. Yeah. So you just put it in that sentence. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's to cut mm-hmm. up the sentences. Mm-hmm. And so they see that they're getting the sentences cut up, and they think, "Oh, I need to cut yeah. up all the sentences." But then you end up reading a lot of. You just end up reading a lot of. Oh God, dry as dirt, prose. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, I have. So I read a lot of um, report-like mm-hmm. prose, and um, again, it amazes me that people give five stars to these things because I I don't know who wants to read literature that that reads like he did this, he did he did that after this fact uh, he went there and then that happened. Like I really need. In the things I read, some interiority, some feeling. Like this is why I read to get into somebody else's head to feel what they feel. And you can tell me that it's about story, and it is about story, yes. But if you give the story to me like a sixth grade report, yeah, it, it limits. Feel it, nice. it, Do you li- know what it I limits mean? the emotional range. It limits the. So he like okay. So I wrote a book that says he he did mm-hmm. this, he did that. You know, they had sex and they made up and then they ate something. And that's not okay. It's the story, yeah, but it's not literature. And um, I struggle yeah. with that a bit because I don't understand. There's low dynamic um, range, is what I would call it. Like so, in audiophile terms, mm. something happened around the '90s where, you know, records and recordings used to. It was funny because vinyl has a natural limit to how much dynamic range you can have but it's still vinyl records because they come from an earlier time i'm, ba- I'm barely yeah, understanding yeah, you right now because the rum has kinked in okay. so i'm really okay. happy right now continue in the 90s oh, yeah. what so, was that? all i'm saying is that there was this attempt with radio to for every song to be loud enough to catch to catch the read to the the listener and so they did this thing called brick walling where there's not very much mm-hmm. dynamic range the difference between the quietest part of the song and the loudest part of the song there's very little distance Okay, that's a lack mm. of dynamic range. Mm. And so when you have all of these short, syncopated, simple sentences, they're all uh, external and no interna- internality, no interiority, you have very little dynamic range. What that means is that y- y- something that's fun to do uh, if you have interiority is to punctuate it with a brief sentence, with a brief statement of fact that brings everything home. So you've got these, you've got this kind of like this wandering or these, this, this uh, multi clause or compound sentence that that really digs into an emotion and then you have mm-hmm. a statement of fact or an occurrence that happens in a short mm. like four words that completely like hammer yeah. either hammer home or contradict or in some way interact with the longer sentences in such that you get that bang and you can't get that if every sentence is five sentences or five to ten words long you can't have that like you got to let the line out a little bit you know like you're fishing you got to let the line out a little bit so that you can snap it so that you can snap it you know it. something that's not i don't i don't think yeah. that's strictly true because i bet if you were really really and i mean yeah, exceptionally yeah. good you sure. could maybe do it a little bit like you could have short mm-hmm. sentences although i disagree with having like same length sentences because then again the variation yeah, yeah. gets lost right and then it's boring um you could do it and be in interiority and then go to statement of fact it's hard but it's it's yeah. hard it must be very hard i don't know yeah. i know i couldn't do it it's not that you know. it's not that you can't I mean, do it I, I can imagine that just somebody don't think that you the big thing uh, is this is a misusing of editory uh, of uh, a misuse of editing advice meaning yeah. that if you're especially if you're using grammarly if you're using hemingway they're going to want you to simplify everything all the time yeah and yeah. that's a problem right because um it was funny when i read when i wrote mm. a natural 
uh, I didn't know what I was doing, as you know. Um, I had no aspirations and, and no plans for it. And then uh, my husband, Urban, he took the text and he said, look, look, there is this software. He's like, uh -huh. he just looks up stuff online. There's this software you can, you know, yeah. uh, run your novel through it and see what comes out. And then he's, he told me, you know, the first page, it's recommended that you break up about 20 of your sentences. And I was yeah, like, I'm yeah. not doing that. That's <laughs> ridiculous. Like, that's not yeah. why I'm writing. I'm not writing to make everything, you know, <laughs> simple, you know, and, and yeah. easy to read so that, you know, uh, you know, that a school child could read it. A school child shouldn't read my books, yeah. by the way. Um, so, <laughs> like, I don't fucking care. I really don't care. If somebody cannot follow the sentences, they shouldn't, you know, read another book. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> I want people to read my book who can follow the long but still well-structured, yeah. in my opinion, yeah. sentences. And I don't, nobody has had a problem no. with this up to now. It's only the Hemingway software well, yeah. had a problem with it. So yeah. I think it's fine. Yeah. I think it's yeah. fine. It's funny because really. it, it will do that. <laughs> now, I will say that I have, I had, especially in Vinterugan in early drafts, you know, my editor would be like, you got to break this up because this is like, this is, this is, I, I get where you're going, but that's just because I know, I hear you talk. I know how, I know how your mind works, but like, this was, a, this, this yeah. is a little noodly even for me. So like, here, let's break it here and then break it here. And then it makes a lot more sense. I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I, that's, that, mm, that can happen. But yeah, yeah I, I think there's this tendency to, it to revert happen, yeah. to, to this, to the super style, the super simple style that is not, it's funny too, because I put in all these, you know, I'm the editor that puts in all these rules, like don't use too many that's and don't filter and all that kind of stuff, which can sound like I'm being prescriptive and stuff like that, but I don't want people to write a bunch of... Yeah, and I can confirm that because Chet has been very acceptive of my prose that yeah. without many of his rules. Well, wait, so... if you can get it to work, you can get it to work. So he's if you can not... get it to work, you can get it to work, yeah. It's good, it's just good practice stuff. Yeah. And you've adopted some of it for the next novel, I think it seems like, you know, some of it. Yeah, I've cut the mm. adverbial tags, although I'm not sure this is like cutting all adverbial tags. I'm not sure this is the, the I don't way cut all adverbial. Oh, 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 you mean, oh, you're talking about yeah. uh, dialogue tags, adverbs and dialogue tags. Dialogue well, you tags, know, I, yeah. I, I always say um, go ahead and leave the purely mechanical ones slowly, softly. Yeah. So, for example, I, I took a look at my uh, my book three, which, again, I wrote before I knew anything about, mm -hmm. you know, this one with the third yeah. uh, omniscient uh, where I head hop all the time. Um, so I wrote this before I knew anything uh, about editing and I took a look at it yesterday and I was like, at some point <clears throat> Stella said something mm -hmm. bluntly and how can I say bluntly? I it just, it's just a big dialogue and an, an intense scene and she explains a lot of stuff and I was thinking, you know something I don't want to explain bluntly in that, yeah. in that you don't want to show instance, it, right? Because like, I don't want to show it. There's but so is it already, but is it already bluntly. in it? Is it already in the dialogue though? Is it a four? Is it a four-word sentence that was blunt? I, it's not. It's just yeah. one word. It's just she says one word, and I can tell you later what the word is. And I was like, uh, how do I like? Do I really have, do you have to, to, you know, um, think about this so much just because I want to follow some editing <laughs> recommendation? It's, I, I'm not sure about that because you know, if you read Heinlein, which you definitely pronounced differently in English, but I say Heinlein because I'm German educated. Um, he used it of verbial tags mm -hmm. a lot, like a lot of those. And this was common practice mm. back then, right? Like in the 1900s. Mm. And people did it. And if you, I wouldn't if you say read it was common tests, practice, I would say that it was, it was quite, uh, people did it. Well, they more, did it more right? in pulp. They so, did it more in pulp a lot. Yeah, they did it a lot in. But Heinlein is not pulp. Yeah, he is. Come on, like oh, yeah. Heinlein is not pulp. Oh my God! No, come on. This is like a really good no, writer. No, no, he's, he's totally like, pulp. This is like, yeah, without a doubt. Okay, what it does means, pulp mean? Maybe my, my English is is well. It me meant right now. it meant cheaper novels that were that are supposed to um, you know tell a, a roaring tale. That just that he was good at it doesn't mean that it wasn't pulp. He was really good at it. So, but that, so, what I'm I saying mean, is they weren't the editors weren't saying don't do that. And oftentimes, you know, if you can sell, look at what happened with Rowling. I mean. She went from having a fairly, I don't like her style, no matter what you do, but her books got longer and longer and longer mm -hmm. and, and more and more um, masturbatory because there were a few people that could say no to her because she, she was selling, <laughs> you know what I mean? But just because you're selling doesn't mean you actually have good style. Like you might be able to, it means that your strengths are overcoming your weaknesses. It doesn't mean that you're not, that you don't have weaknesses, right? <laughs> like, so, yeah. 
but you know, I, I don't. I also don't want a perfect. Mm -hmm. Like this is again the danger of over editing, right? Um, no, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. I mean, don't listen to my advice, people. Yeah. Unicorn rules, but. Um, but at least you thought about it. I don't know. But at I'll least you I'll thought you, about I'll it. I sent you a. So there I you go. I thought about it and. I still think the decision is. Didn't is you? I, I was going over your right. notes over. I was going over your notes on Vinterugan at some point. And you said, "Did you just put an adverb in the dialogue tag?" And I was like, "Oh shit!" No, it was that. In the, or I did. A, I did a dialogue tag in action. I think. And you're like, "Didn't you say not to do that?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Yeah, because you rant mm -hmm. against that, and I do that. I actually still, yeah. you know, I still mm -hmm. like that, and I will. Never oh, you should. Because this you is one of the things it. I. I. I like that, and I will not stop doing that. This is like the one of, of the things where we have a completely different yeah. uh, taste, which yeah. is again, I think, allowed. It's just so um, uh, it's so repetitive. Yeah. To do that. I like it. Yeah. I like. But it's repetitive. Well, I don't do it very often. So well, if you don't do it very I often, don't then do don't worry about so it. It's only really a problem when you do it all the time. Just like the past continuous. That's, that's a problem. It's yeah. not a grammar. But I like that. I like, that, that like are, when I write dialogue. I write, these things that are style recommendations. Yeah. You know, God forbid you do them all the time. I don't want you to never filter. That would be like a robot yeah. wrote it. Sometimes you need to filter. Sometimes you need you. Sometimes and you so, need to. And this to is set, something yeah. you have to remember all the time. Yeah, with mm -hmm. any kind of style advice. Yeah, it's not a matter of like this is always the way it is. With style advice, it's a matter yes, of the, you need to think about. Yeah, it's not like grammar. It's not like it's not like you know when you're talking about the fragments. Well, even then, that's a style thing. But if yeah, this is grammar. Yeah. But but again, this is also style, right? Mm. But this is also style because yeah. some because you can, you can when you're as I said before, when you're exactly fragments can be very mm. effective when you're in interiority and use them yeah. like for emphasis, for to drive yeah. a point home when when it's somebody's thoughts. But you have to do but it. You sparingly, but but sparingly, but even there, the you have to do it. Even there, you are breaking a grammar rule when you put adverbs in the dialogue. You're breaking when you put adverbs rule, in the yeah. dialogue take, you're not breaking any rules of, Langu of English at all. You're not doing yeah. anything that's, that, yeah. is like, that, that is against the law of English. Mm. Um, but it's still very inelegant sometimes. Sometimes, not always, uh, but sometimes it's, just, it's very inelegant. Oftentimes it's used to tell when you've already shown or in place of showing. Yeah. And I hate that. Like I, I read the book where it was like she said mm. decisively. Or it was even worse. There was a dialogue mm. and then... It was, he was despondent. Mm -hmm. Like, what is that? Like, just don't tell me, blah, 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 blah. He was despondent. Like, it's, it's so counterproductive. Yeah. You're, not, you're not making your reader feel anything. It's yeah. so dry. And, I mean, you can do it once or twice, yeah? But all the time, she said, he said, she said, he said, she was surprised. He was despondent. She yeah. was amazed. Like, this is not yeah. literature for me. It's, it's very... It's, it's just flat. Very boring. It's flat. Yeah, it's flat. It's flat, right? Okay, Chet, tell me what saved the cat. Oh, well, this is no more developmental stuff, but like it, it was an advice. It mm. was advice that was given to screenwriters a while back. I don't remember how old this mm. is. 25, 35, mm. 40. I don't know how long. Save the cat just means that you, in order to make quickly make your main character empathetic and to get people on the side, you show them doing something. Save, save the cat means like, you know, save a cat from a tree or like to do something kind for somebody or, or, or some, to do something mm. that is very admirable um, in a small way. You do that early on so that you create a connection to the main character. But the problem is this advice has been around for so long that you can now – it becomes very easy to see when somebody's doing that on purpose and to catch it. Once you know that mm. this exists, it kind of ruins it because – you see it all the time. There are other yeah. ways to create empathy with your character. One is to have them be misunderstood. Yes. So it doesn't always have to be the positive. Yes. Um, you can have them be, you know, you know what happened with this character. You know that what their intentions were, but have somebody else mistake their intentions in a way that makes sense, right? So like the other person just says, fuck it, you know, that, that was awful when the person really wasn't trying to be awful. The person was really trying to be good, but they did it in a way that maybe was clumsy or something. And then you can show that, then you can build empathy because we have all been, had our, been misunderstood in a way that we thought was unfair. You know, I got this, I, that, I, I'm taking this straight from, um, from um, uh, Matt Bird's book. Um, oh God, what's it called? I recommend it to people all the time. Um, what it's called? Oh, Secrets of Story. There you go. Boom. Yeah, so in Secrets of Story, mm -hmm. that's one of the ones that he uses. Uh, and that's a good way to do it, too. There are other ways to do it that you can find. Um, but the Save the Cat is pretty easy to see these days, and it's pretty 
It's pretty, pretty. So cool. I, yeah, I for us as Nora will yeah. never ever use any tricks. The only thing I ever do is to just put the reader in my character's head, and this is and yeah. even without misunderstandings and without them being, I don't know. Well, you have to understand. You have to understand that this was a screenwriting advice. And you don't have the, that's the one thing novels yeah. do. They don't, uh, so yeah, you, you don't have, have access to interiority. Interiority. Yeah. But not every novel is interior. And a lot of people have actiony novels that aren't very interior. And so they do need to build some sort of empathy with the main character. So I can honestly mm -hmm. say, I, I don't think I will ever like a book that doesn't have some interiority. Like, oh, yeah, it'll have some. When I read fantasy, yeah. So there are books that have none. <laughs> there are books mm -hmm. that are report-like, like we said before. So even in fantasy, if you read one of my favorite books, The Way of Kings by Brandon mm -hmm. Sanderson, when you're in there, you just feel the character's, you know, wonderment mm -hmm. or um, confusion or surprise at, at things happening. And this is a fantasy book. This is, this is genre book. This is not, you know, he just makes it so felt that um, it's it's wonderful. So I don't think I will ever, ever like a book that doesn't have interiority in it. This is the whole reason for reading for But me. interiority doesn't... But again, this is a highly personal... Interiority thing. doesn't automatically build empathy either, though. If the interiority is is alienating or doesn't seem yes. relatable or make the character somebody you like... I haven't no, no, seen I know. this, but I have been, I have been very careful yeah. in the books. I, well, <laughs> mostly careful yeah. in the books I read. I haven't seen this very much. Maybe I've seen some some fantasy books are not that high in the building of yeah. empathy. Like, um, so a lot of times, what like that. Uh, but that was where that did. That author but that's we the talk editing about. advice. The editing <laughs> advice is save the cat, and that's yeah. use save the cat. Use use something early on to, you know, build empathy mm. with the main character in a way that is. Um, so you think yeah. this is overused? Yeah, you days, can see right? a lot of times in a lot of mm. people's work. Yeah. Mm. Good. So, what's the latest? Oh, I, I closed the document. What's the latest? The last advice. So this is this. Uh, this might get me some some people pushing back on me, but I don't know if it's if it's editing advice or where it came from. But I th you know, I think when we were taught to write papers, we were taught that we never use contractions in the narration, and I think that's wrong. I think you should use contractions a lot in yeah. the narration, not just in the dialogue, but in the narration. And the reason for it is is because most books these days are written in first person or in close third person meaning that it's yes. almost like you're writing in the words that the main character or the pov character would use and if you're doing that it's unnatural it, to it not feels use, a, it feels yeah. unnatural it's unnatural yeah. not to use contractions now if you if you really want distance yeah I ha yeah absolutely yeah. true yeah it feels like um you know it feels like a 19th century or 18th century like yeah. theater piece sometimes when you read this it's like why yeah. why is it like this you know he does not want her yeah. to. No, no, yeah, he doesn't want yeah. her to. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, I see that often. Yeah, it, it doesn't elevate mm. the text; it alienates the reader for reasons that you don't really want. Yeah, I think that people try to be more literary. Like there was a book I read where the author had replaced every instance instance of on with yeah. upon, and that doesn't make the text it more literary. Work. It yeah, just makes it, it weird. Yeah. yeah, it's just, it's just. But but really imagine right this doesn't just doesn't make sense, um, so you you have to you know all the things we're talking about right yeah what do they amount to? you have to see that your prose flows it flows mm. it's understandable it has variety it's not the same thing over and over mm. again um, with respect to you know sentence structure words vocabulary or everything really and when you learn a new when you learn a new editing concept like the filtering cutting use it. Learn from it, practice with it, but don't think that you can't ever have filtering or your book is a failure or you've screwed up. It's yeah. not a grammar suggestion. It's not a matter of like, yeah. it's not, you know, your reader's not going to notice one or two instances of filtering. They're going to note, but, and they're not, they might even notice, but over the course of an entire work, all of that, like too much filtering, if you filter all the action, it's going to have a weird effect. It's going to have this effect that is less direct and less immediate than if you got rid of it. It's kind of like a secret like uh, like a like a magic book. No, it's just like a secret magic trick that you can do in order to, to create immersion that you, if you don't know about it, you don't, you can't use it. So I don't want people to think they can never use filtering. I don't want people to think they can never use a was, a past continuous construction. Mm. Uh, so when I give this advice, 
it's mostly just because I see people that way overuse what I'm telling them to cut. My assumption is always going to be that they're going to yes. leave some of it in, but they'll at least make a decision about it. You know, we were just talking about uh, adverbs in the dialogue yep. tag. You said, well, I want to keep it. I'm like, great, but at least I got you to think about it. You didn't just put it there unconsciously because yep. that was the natural thought. You thought about it and went, okay, I'd like to leave it. So I, well, I kind yeah. of did, but <laughs> not <Yeah>. anymore. <laughs> not anymore. I can, I can say that switch has no yeah. adverbial tags. Then takeover yeah. will have some again because like, I'm just, you know, oscillating yeah. back, back and forth in this weird writing yeah. journey. But that's fine, right? Like, I mean, you always change. So my advice would be, if if you want to understand this, these rules, just try to understand what they're yeah, about. Yeah, you need to know the why. You need to know why people are giving you this advice. You are, and then take a book by one of your favorite authors, an author that's really, really good, that makes you feel a lot. And just read the book. I do this with Margaret Atwood, right? I just read the book and try to see what mm -hmm. she does um, with respect to all of these things yeah. we talk about. And the result is she doesn't always Follow through. Yeah. Um, do things correctly in yeah. quotes, right? But she usually does things correctly again in quotes. Yeah. But often she just flouts the rules for, for reasons. reasons. And then you have to figure out well, the reasons. Well, for example, I like yeah? to say, use pa if you want to use passive voice, use passive voice if you've got a classic scene where you've got the hero at the mercy of the villain. It's great to use mm. passive voice because passive voice shows powerlessness and inaction. It shows that like, it's a subtle hint. Yeah, it's a subtle exactly. hint. There has There's to be a, a subtle hint that your character is not in control because they're not. Yeah. Or like what you were talking about today, the, the limbs oh, acting, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. his hands glided, whatever. I realize that I do that. I don't remember it now exactly where, but sometimes I really, really like doing this because it's a little bit mm. more literary and then it somehow yeah. disconnects, disconnects yeah. you from the, from the person and connects you more to the feeling than the yeah. person who is yes. giving you the feeling. And um, sometimes, like, when I write the sex scenes, sometimes this is useful. And I, I mean, you don't have to overthink right. these things, right? Sometimes it feels better this way. But it's nice uh, to reflect upon why. Why does yeah. it feel better this way sometimes? So it's, these things are not absolute rules. But it's good to keep them in mind, to, to just be able to write in and a And don't misuse the, these, these edicts, the style, the style. I mean, for, for fuck's sake, follow the grammar, please. But like, you know, except for those weird fragments that every now and again are okay to have. The big thing about fragments is where are they mm -hmm. and why? Like, so if it's, if it's showing yes. a disconnected thought state, if it's immediate action, if it's, if it's supposed to almost substitute for direct thoughts, fine. But like in description, yes. it's it's weird. In like just natural general narration, it's weird. But the point is like don't let – be aware of what these rules are and be aware of what you're trying to achieve so that when you see something that breaks the rules, find out whether that was something you did because you didn't know better or, or should you decide to keep it in there. So with filtering, you'll find a lot of filtering because it's natural to do. You can cut most of it and you'll like – you'll probably like the results better. But occasionally you'll – you can't cut the filtering because you're like, I need the, I need the reader to know this. Like if you have the, if you say, you know, he thought about whatever, or he remembered this, you might leave that in there instead of having the memory directly in there. Otherwise you have to write the memory indirectly, which is sometimes good to have too. But the problem is like you said, if you write the entire, if you write him having a memory, you pull him out of it, out of the action, the, the current of action he's already in, it might be better to just tell them through filtering he remembered. Yes, yeah, it yeah. depends on he where remembered. in the text. So I don't want people. To, that's the thing. Just don't take too much. Hemingway. You know what? People, people want to write clearer and more con, with more concision. That's good, but please, for love of God, you know, push back a little bit on Grammarly and on Hemingway programs, because you're not writing a report for information processing. You're 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 trying to build an empathetic yes. connection to your mm -hmm. your readers to build an empathetic connection with the story. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I think that probably mm -hmm. is, gets to the end of the good stuff that we found for the misuse of editing advice. And we didn't argue or fight nearly as much as I thought we would, actually. I thought, I thought we were going to... No, it's very strange because you, you, you almost block me oh. for some of these things. And then you're like, oh, yeah, that I agree with you. On, yeah. <laughs> well, yesterday you wanted to mute me That was me over again. something else, though. That was over something completely different. <laughs> okay. Yes. I think this was good. I think we just... I think we 
basically covered mm-hmm. nearly everything. Is this like did we forget anything? I think I we got it all. So. But I don't think anybody mentioned uh, on our Twitter. If we get anybody that wants to respond to this on Twitter, we would that'd be awesome. We can get some feedback on this. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can find us on Twitter. Yeah. You know who we are. More than um, likely. Our Twitter handles are on the description of the episodes. So yeah. that does it. Okay, join us next time. We don't know if we f- if we're going to have a guest or yeah. it's going to be the two of us. But in any case, we'll have a very interesting episode again, like we always do. What did you drop? It was just a dustbin. <laughs> so bye bye. See you next time. See you later, guys.